Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hallelujah. Well, we're ready for the word this morning. Okay, we have a good word. Don't forget, we're going to go soul winning. I'm going to come soul winning. So open your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Daniel, chapter 12, and verse 3. The title of my message this morning is, He who wins souls is wise. He who wins souls is wise. Daniel, chapter 3. Did I say Daniel chapter 3? Daniel chapter 12, sorry. Daniel chapter 12, page 1421 in my Bible. If you have a King James Amplified Bible, praise God, amen. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3 says this, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. How many ever heard me say that he who wins souls will shine like stars in heaven? There's the verse. Proverbs 11.30 says, he who wins souls is wise. Mark chapter 16 verse 15 says, go ye into all the world... And preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. If they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will take up serpents and scorpions. And in verse 21 of that chapter, it says, And the Lord working with them, confirming the word of God with signs and wonders following. So, winning souls is the heartbeat of God. In uh, second, I think it was second, third, I think it's third John... Verse 8 or 1 John verse 8, verse 8 says that the, the Son of Man was manifested that he may destroy the works of the devil. So we know that in John 10.10 10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. So the heartbeat of God is souls. Philippians says that he has long patience for the precious fruit of the earth until he received the early and latter rain. So when it comes to winning souls... How do you get started? Well, you have to realize that the Lord wants us to be a soul winner. Now, when we say soul winner, that's really kind of a connotation of getting somebody born again. We really don't win souls. We win spirits. Isn't that right? 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Isn't that right? So our soul, of course, is our mind, will, and emotions. Okay, so our mind, will, and emotions is attached to our spirit man. But really, we're getting somebody born again, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17. So we have to realize that we are, have to become soul winners. We have, to, we have to share our faith. The church won't grow unless we share our faith. He will help us be effective in all that we do. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19 says this, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed us unto the Lord of reconciliation. So all of us are in the ministry to win souls. Amen. It's our purpose. And that's the reason why we do soul winning. We have super soul winning so that we can get out into the community and we can share our faith. Whether we're knocking on doors or going into a shopping center or whatever it is, we're, getting, we're having the opportunity. So the number one way to actually witness to somebody is by your lifestyle. Amen. The way, the way you live, the way you talk, the way you walk. Acts 1.8 says, And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you shall be a witness unto me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So if it's God's heartbeat to win souls, you know, you know, there's ways that you can attack the enemy. If the enemy attacks your finances, then give more finances. If the, if the enemy attacks your relationships, go soul winning. That, that's how you fight back. That's how you fight an unseen foe. You go, all right, you've been messing with my finances, that's it, I'm giving double. All right, hey, listen, you're messing with my body, trying to put sickness on my family, I'm going to go pray for somebody that's sick. Because in Galatians says, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Isn't that right? 
Okay, so that's how you fight an unseen foe when he attacks you with depression. And then you go get some joy. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So that's so you have to understand that our, our our spiritual warfare is not flesh and blood, but it's against principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness of this wicked age. So we have the responsibility to go and win souls. So the best way to do that is by you being an example to the world. When they look at you, when people look at you, when they, when, you know, they tell, tell something different about you. you know? um, so that's real important that in your lifestyle. How do you win your family? That's probably one of the hardest things to do is win your family to the Lord. Because they live with you. They know you. They know who you are. You know? and, and that's the best way to do it. You have to live by your lifestyle. Sometimes words in and of themselves don't mean anything. Because people aren't what they say. They are what they do. Amen. People say a lot of things. We have a lot of government officials saying a lot of things. But people aren't what they say. They are what they do. So actually, God says that when you're full of the Holy Ghost and power, you actually be a witness. Amen. And so when you're full of God and you're full of his presence in which you are, then it shouldn't be too difficult to actually share your faith with someone. And believe me, God will give you opportunities to do that. If you're looking for the opportunity, you know, um, one, of, one of our clients, uh, I guess about a few weeks ago, I was taking Jesse through the facility and one of the young men, he, he had come, it was like his third time there. And I said, well, you know, name his name and everything. He said, what happened? And he said, I don't know. I just, hopefully this is it. And then I just asked him out of the blue. I mean, it just came out of my mouth. I said, if you were to die today, are you 100% you sure you go to heaven? And he said, well, you know, I used to go to church and things like that. And he said, you know, I haven't read my Bible in a long time. And I said, well, then I'll take that as a no. Because sometimes people want to skirt the, skirt the point. They want to go around the mountain. They want to go around and justify why they're not doing something with the Lord. And he said, well, the truth be told, no, I don't know if I'd go to heaven or not. And I said, well, would you like to go? And he said, absolutely. I said, grab my hand. Right then and there with him. It wasn't like complicated. It was really simple. You know, at that moment. And then um, I said, do you have a Bible? And he said, I don't have a Bible. So I went and got him a Passion Bible. So today I'm going to go and drop off the Passion Bible to him so that he can end. Because it's a real easy read. And then he's a really baby Christian with his pampers on. Hello? Yeah. And then what happened was is when I went out, and then he went out to the foyer to smoke a cigarette. Well, why is that? Because he's a spirit man's born again, but his mind hasn't been renewed yet. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. God saves your spirit, we save our soul. I'll say that one more time. God saves our spirit, but we save our soul. Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? And we know your soul is your mind with emotions. The Bible talks about it, that we are spirit, soul, and body. We, we are a triune being, just like God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So God will provide you an opportunity to win souls. I mean, he just will. There's people passing you by every day. Have I missed it in some things? Yes, I, th I think I've missed some Kiros moments of time of when I should have said something or shouldn't have said something and maybe or not being sure of saying something. And, but God also wants us to use wisdom in our soul winning. Amen. Come on. Like I said, I, you've heard me say this. Jesus wasn't weird. Right. Come on. Hello, somebody. Hello, Jesus wasn't weird. Amen. Hello, he wasn't goofy. Come on, hello, somebody. He didn't talk to people in glory, hallelujah, hallelujah, <laughs> glory to God, <laughs> praise his holy name, hallelujah. The world does not know who the word glory is. What glory? Glory what? Glory, what is glory? And the only glory I know is the span, you know, the, the banner, whatever song it is, Spangled Banner or whatever, you know. Yeah, Star Spangled Banner. That's the only glory, old glory. That's all I know. Come on now. So sometimes with people, you 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 got to take off your Christianese language. Can't talk Christian. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go into a hotel room with a heathen, lay hands on them and says, I think there's a Jezebel spirit blocking your healing. You can't, you can't, you can't do that. I'm just telling you, you can't. A Jezebel what? <laughs> Hello? Come on. You can't, you can't be talking to the world like that. They have no idea. Jezebel, who's Jezebel? Who's Jezzy? Your aunt? No, 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 Aunt Jesse. No, you can't be, you can't be, no, you got to be real. You got to be real with the worlds. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. They don't know that Christianese. It's Chinese to them. So it's by your lifestyle, how you living. 
can't live one way in the church and then turn around and live a different way in the world. I think Jesus calls that being hypocritical. Hello? Yeah, so being a witness. So number one, you've got to realize that you are a soul winner and that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We are responsible for sharing our faith. And God will give you an opportunity. Hello? I, I say this. If you're at work and you're working for your employer, if that's not the opportunity to be soul winning. Because he's paying you to work. He's not paying you to soul win. Come on, hello, somebody. But if you get a lunch break, hello, an hour lunch break, then that might be an opportunity right there or after you get off work. Or before work. Amen. Come on, hello somebody, amen. I, mean, I can tell you many Christians have gotten fired from their job because they're, I, I've been persecuted. No, you were just stupid and you shouldn't have did what you did because he wasn't paying you to tell people at your job about Jesus. Hello. God will always give you an opportunity. Hey man, there, there, there seems to be a, ask God. Okay, if somebody's on your heart, say, Lord, give me an opportunity because you know there's a timing to everything. They, they may need some more planting before the harvesting. Come on, hello somebody. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, there was this one time we were in the Piccadilly restaurant. You remember Piccadilly? Y'all yeah. remember Piccadilly, you know, the, the restaurant? That was before millennials. Praise God. Amen. Except for Lexi. Lexi knew Piccadilly because she lived in the country. Praise God. Amen. Because <laughs> Piccadilly was part of that. No, the, it's Piccadilly was it's a line that you go through and you say, I'll have some uh, fried okra and I'll take some mashed potatoes and then I'll take some, you know, this and take that. It's a cafeteria kind of line, right? And then you, you load your, your plate, you load your tray up and all that kind of stuff. And then at the end, you get strawberry shortcake with vanilla ice cream on top with some chocolate drizzle. And then, you know, you... And then you pay the bill, right? So here I am. I'm going through the Piccadilly line, right? I'll take some of that. Take some of that. And I hear one of the guys humming. He's humming. He's like singing a little bit. So I just said this to him. I said, man, you must, you got a great voice. Oh, thank you. I said, you must sing at church. Because what am I going to do is I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to get into his spiritual life. I'm going to try to tap that. And he said, oh, man, I haven't been in church in 15 years. I said, well, I bet your mama's praying for you. Because what well, mama ain't praying for her kids. Hello, come on, somebody. There's nothing supernatural about that. <laughs> it just happens. He already said I hadn't been in church in a long time. So ding, ding, ding. Mama, take it to the kids, to the church. But your mama's praying for you. Yeah, she sure is. I'll, I'll take some fried potatoes right there. Praise God. Amen. Is that some baby back ribs right there with some sauce on it? I'll take some of them ribs right there. Praise God. Oh, by the way, if you were to die today, are you 100% you make sure you go to heaven? He said, no, I think I'd go to hell. I said, does that concern you? He said, it sure does. I said, we'll put some fried okra right on there. Praise God. Amen. And I said, would you like to go to heaven? He said, yes. I said, give me your hand. And I reached across and I said, Lord Jesus. Lord. I said, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I open the door of my heart. Come into my life. I make you the Lord of my life. And Jesus his name, amen. He, he stopped. Oh, I said, what happened? He said, something's happened to me. I said, now you're not only a brother here on the earth, but you're now a brother here in heaven. He was like, okay, this is awesome. Just like that. How long did that take me? Hello? <laughs> Acts 2, 20, <laughs> in between the fried okra and, uh, <laughs> and green fried tomatoes. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> With the whole child's of chitlins. Amen. Amen. Oh, I got Roderick. Praise God. Amen. He's like, don't pass the, you're going too far. Go too far, man. You're making me hungry. <laughs> Come on, hello, somebody. It didn't take very long to do that. Sometimes we make it complicated. Acts 2.21 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you're standing on Highway 75 and a Mack truck's driving at 75, you say, Jesus! Boom! You're saved. Praise God. Amen. Because you called upon at the name of the Lord after they peel you off the front grill of the Mack truck. Praise God. Amen. You're saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus! Listen, the Apostle Paul got saved that way. Who art thou? Lord, got born again as he's fallen out. Boom, right there. He realized who that was. Amen. It was the Lord. And he called him on the name of the Lord. And we know later on in that chapter, he got filled with the Holy Ghost. So you can't get filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues unless Jesus is your Lord. Yeah. So sometimes, listen, if Brother Hagen, out of his body, 
descending to hell, cried out to the Lord. And he got saved as he came back into his body. And that happened twice. In between life and death, the ascension or dissension, he called upon the name of the Lord. And guess what happened? He got saved. Why? Because God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Hell was not created for the human race. It was created for the devil and the fallen angels. Can you say amen? Amen. So it's important that we witness by the lifestyle of our faith. We must use the Word. You have to use the Word of God. You have to get a working knowledge of the Word of God. Romans 1.16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. And people can't believe unless they hear, because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we have to get a working knowledge of the Word of God. You just memorize some scriptures. I'm sure everybody knows John 3.16. I've quoted that thing so many times. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a great love scripture. But it's also a thou shalt not perish scripture. Romans 4, I mean Acts 4.12 says, There is no other name named among men, which men must be saved. That's the name of Jesus. In John 14.6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by me. I love you, Oprah. I'm sorry, but there's, there's not more than one way to go to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I don't care if you go to Joel Osteen's church and sit on the front row. I'm sorry. Even, even if you ask Joel Osteen, is there more than one way? Joel, thank God. No, no, Jesus is the only way to heaven. I'm sorry. Well, that's just not fair. Well, you creation, he creator. So there you go. Like it, lump it, leave it, whatever you want to do. It's his way or the highway. That's just the way he created it. Come on now. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Amen. Get yourself a working knowledge. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door of his heart, I will come into him and sit with him and he with me. Romans 10.9 and 10, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in the heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. you got to... Quote those scriptures. What do you think about Jim Baker? I think he's great, wonderful. But if you were to die today, are you 100? They will always try to throw you off track. But you just got to stay on track. Hello? They always try to throw you off track with the quotes on Facebook. I always bring them back to their quote. But you said, but you said in the quote, you said this in the quote. Sometimes they say one thing in the quote and then you end up talking about quark theory. How did your quote end up talking about quark theory, string theory? How many many of you are familiar with quark theory? You know, quark, in other words, sound waves, being alive, quark theory. How did your quote end up on quark theory? No, always take them back. But you said, but you said, but you said. And oh, by the way, here's the scripture, here's the scripture, here's the scripture. Most amazing thing how these quotes come out where there's no scriptures or no scriptures to back up their theory. No, bring them back to the Word. Bring them back to the Word. Especially if you can have a, a, a good biblical discussion without harsh. Come on, hello somebody. Okay, because maybe you could change the heart of somebody. Or maybe, you're, maybe you haven't seen something that your heart can change on. Can you say amen? So we always, you, you always have to use the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says that the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the dividing of soul and spirit and joints of morrow that is the discerner of the heart. It's the Word of God, the Word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Psalms 107, verse 105 says, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Psalms 107, verse 11 says, I think it's 100, Thy Word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Okay, it's in, it's in there. It's in the Bible. I might not totally get, I might t- totally get the Scripture right, but it's there. It's in there. I promise you. Praise God. Amen. Like Joshua 1.9 says that God actually commanded us not to be discouraged because He would not leave us. He would be with us. Joshua 1.9. That's a great Scripture. I want somebody to look, look up Joshua 1.9, and I want you to quote that Scripture because if you ever feel discouraged or if you ever feel sad or if you ever feel down, this is a great Great scripture. Do you have it, babe? King James or King James. Okay. Have not I commanded thee, 
Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you whithersoever thou goest. Anybody got a different translation than that? Okay. So don't be dismayed, which actually means be discouraged. Don't be discouraged, for God is with you. Hallelujah. Isn't that interesting how discouragement can steal your strength? It's just like this if you lose your joy. You can get your strength. You have another translation, Miss Teresa? Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, Joshua 1.9. Have not I commanded you, be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There you go. So you're never alone. That's the reason why that song ministered me so much. Not only that, it's from the Dominican Republic, and I believe that God has been speaking to me about the Dominican Republic. I thought it was really cool that that, and I didn't know that the guy was from the Dominican. I heard it one time. I heard it one time on the radio, and I thought, man, this is awesome. What's the name of that song? I gotta find the name of the song. So I'm on YouTube trying to find the name of the song, and came across it, and all that kind of stuff. And then it just really ministered to me. And then I read that he was from the Dominican Republic. And then God was talking to my heart about the Dominican Republic in the next two to five years. That that's probably the only country that we're going to go to in the next two to five years. And one year we're going to take a team. You know, each year we'll take a team in the next five years. I thought to myself, wow, man, it sounds like Ron Harbunke taking the continent of Africa. Come on, hello, somebody. Let's take, the, let's take the Dominican Republic. Got a great crusade director there. We've had tremendous crusades there. The teams that have always come every year have been phenomenal. And it's been very impacting. I mean, even in Barahona, which was actually the smallest crusade that we've ever done in the Dominican Republic. And it was still phenomenal. It was still phenomenal. It wasn't large in numbers, but it was still phenomenal. Amen. So we're just going to going to do that. That's we're leading. You know, God is speaking. You know, every toward the end of the year, God begins to speak to Pastor Marie and I about the next two years or whatever. Gives us a mandate. It's just really, really interesting how He works mysteriously. Anything and everything you do is done by faith. When you witness, you've got to do it by faith. Fear is the one thing that has kept more Christians from finding their ministries and fulfilling God's plan on their lives. It is used by the devil more than any other device he has. If not resisted, fear of failure, fear of rejection, and other such fears can paralyze a Christian's ministry. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Fear. Proverbs says, the fear of man brings a snare. And I think it's, a, it's, fear, it's, it's fear rejection. You have to understand, when, you know, I, I, I did some sales occasionally and all that kind of stuff. And they would, the, the trainers would always, always tell you, they're not rejecting you personally. They're rejecting what you have for them. Whether it's a product or whatever it is, they're rejecting the product. And if you can get past the rejection, you know, rejection is really huge with humanity. It's really huge, the fear of rejection, the fear of being misunderstood. I'm sure everybody in here has been misunderstood. Come on now. Even when your intentions were right out of a right heart, you were misunderstood. Has anybody ever told you that you were talking to them harshly and you didn't even realize that you were talking to them harshly? Maybe it's just your personality, you know, a strong person. Maybe it was a Donald Trump personality. Praise God. Amen. A D, D, D personality. And they didn't even have an intentions of that. Anybody in here besides me ever been rejected? Yeah. How painful that is. How hurtful that is. Why? Because we want to be loved and we want to be accepted. Why? Because to know you is to love you. Come on now. Hello. They just don't know who you really are. I mean, even Al Capone, one of the worst mobsters in, in history said this statement when he got arrested. He said, I don't understand why people are after me and don't like me. He said, all I ever do is offer a service and I just meet the need. Praise God. Amen. I just offer services and I just meet the need. I don't understand why I'm so rejected. I'm a good guy. I'm just doing my job. What's the difference between a hitman and a sniper in the military? There is no difference. They're still killing people. And guess what? They feel that they're doing their job. Hello, somebody. They're just getting paid two different ways. They're getting paid two different ways. Yes. Come on now. One's getting paid legit- <laughs> legitimately to do a job. The other one's like, yo, Muggsy, yeah. 
<laughs> Come on, hello. Isn't, isn't it funny how life is about perspective? Yeah, it really, really is. So witnessing is done by faith. In the book of Psalms, chapter 34 and verse 4, it says this, I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Man, that's a great verse right there to help us if we're facing fears, whether it's financial fears, relation fears, fears of failure, fears of not succeeding. Let me read it to you one more time. This is a great verse. Psalm 34, verse 4, I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. So I guess deliverance from fear comes from seeking the Lord and trusting the Lord. So if there's any area that you may have fear in, seek the Lord. Always be prepared to witness. Be instant in season and out of season. Get a basic knowledge of the scriptures. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. Psalms 119 verse 11. That's it, not 107 verse 105. It's Psalms 119 verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So let me give you a basic soul winning plan real quickly before we close. We, we do use the script. Do we have a script in here? Can we get one? You got a script? All right. Brian? Okay. So this is a soul winning script. It's really, really awesome. Pastor Rodney came up with this a number of years ago. And so you can actually read this to somebody. Just read. You can not ring a doorbell and say, hi, my name is Jack. Has anyone ever told you that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? I have a real quick but important question to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? And it actually works. And people will listen. They will, they will, they will sit there and listen as you read. Have you done this? Have you all the time? What's your What's your experience when when you start to read that? Um, I, I went a soul and I fumbled the words and and they listen and it's great. You want to know why it's so great? It's because they're imperfect. We're so imperfect, just like they are. And then they, I think they actually appreciate the effort that you're making as you're stumbling through the very words to to bring them life. I have a question for you. If you were to die today, would you do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? <laughs> you know, and because they're so imperfect and they know that they, they're doing really, really bad, conviction just falls on them. Hello. What what now? What what what? That happened to me the first time I went. I literally butchered the whole soul winning script, and the guy felt so bad <laughs> that he said it with me. <laughs> he was like, "Well, yeah, may, yeah D minus, but yes, I want to receive Jesus in my heart. <laughs> I'm going to receive Jesus in my heart. Hallelujah! Man, who made this complicated?" Right? I like what Pastor Rodney said. He said this. He said, if any time I have to make something happen or push something to happen or strive for something to happen, it's not God. And we've adopted that this year. Like, okay, I'm going to adopt that. Everything we do, if i got to push this and shove this and try to make this happen, it's not God. Man, it'll set you free. Amen. I like being free. God's plan for man. John 3.16 is God's plan for man. Amen. John 3.16 and John 10.10 to give you life more abundantly. Man's problem is separation due to sin. Because of Adam and Eve's fall. Can you say amen? But God became the second Adam through Jesus. And to restore everything that was lost in the area of authority and spiritual authority on this earth. Can you say amen? God's solution. You must be born again. People aren't rejecting religion. They're rejecting a free gift. And they don't understand that. They think religion is connected to born again. It's not. Religion is not connected to born again. Born again is Jesus died for you so you don't have to go to hell. Do you want to go to hell? Most people, no, I don't want to go to hell. Most people don't want to go to hell. 
Well, good. Here's the, here's, the, here's the answer. Just open your heart and ask Jesus. I've had people tell me, it can't be that simple. I said, what do you want? Complicated? Go down to the Jordan and wash seven times. <laughs> really? It can't be that easy. Didn't the prophet tell Nahum to do that? Isn't that right? Go wash seven times. That's it? I got it. No. Why doesn't he come out and wave his hand over me and say some great declaration? Well, how much easier? Just take your clothes off. Go take a bath. And believe me, (laughs) you got leprosy, bro, and you kind (laughs) of stink. Go bathe seven times. In the Jordan, aren't there rivers better? Yeah, but how much more than Jordan? Come on, we're already here. Just get in it seven times, and you'll be cleansed of leprosy. Amen. Man's response, receive Christ by faith. Luke 10.20 says, your name is written in heaven. See, if we put the emphasis on the good of receiving Jesus Christ into people's hearts, people will probably be more apt to receive Jesus. You mean my name will be written in heaven? Yeah, in lights, baby. You mean to tell me that when I, if I give my heart, there are angels, the angels in heaven rejoice? Yeah, two ways. Not only are you giving your heart, but if you ever backslide and come back to God, <laughs> they rejoice too. Amen. 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 So we've got we to gotta capitalize on the good news. I, I, really, if, I know that there was a period in time in Christian history over the last 2,000 years where there was the hell, fire, brimstone, turn, or burn message, but I'm not really sure if that's quite effective today. The guy standing on the corner says, turn, or burn, turn. Ah. (laughs) No, come on, hello somebody. Telling people they're going to hell is not going to win them over to Jesus Christ. Y'all foul, stinking sinners, I hope all y'all burn in hell. The only way out of hell is to give your heart to Jesus. If you don't give your heart to Jesus, you're going to burn, baby burn. That's probably not. I like what Brother Don does. Very simple. Jesus saves. Very simple. Jesus saves. That's a great message. Jesus saves. Our response is to receive, man's response is to receive him by faith. I I would say this most people don't. If you talk to them and establish rapport, most people, most, will not reject a free gift. Most. And if you present the gospel to somebody as a free gift that is for their benefit with rewards, then therefore it would be very easy. I would say the majority of the people that I have prayed for one-on-one receive Christ in their heart. I, I could say there's very, been very ne- no, hardly any negative responses. I mean, there's people that have shut the door in my face, and, and there's people that say, I don't want your Jesus and all that kind of stuff. That's great, but the majority of people. Now, I'm, one thing I'm probably lacking on is making disciples. I freely admit it. You know, even though Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples, I probably fall short on that, Okay. I don't know if it's a weakness of mine or whatever, and not that I don't try. It's probably that you don't try either. You can't force people to come to church. Hello, you can't force them. I mean, I've been threatening for the years about getting the black van and the drive-by throw, you know, the drive-by church. I mean, I got guys that come up to me, Pastor, we were going to buy the black van? Saying, well, you know, I don't know. Maybe we'll, he said, hey, we'll go. Five of us. I've already picked five guys. Well, you know, and what happened is you go by in the neighborhood and you drive the black van by, and when the person comes out to get their newspaper... <laughs> they turn around, you grab them, put a hoodie on, just throw them in the back of the van. Where are we going? We're going. Well, you'll, you know, when we get there. Okay. Bring them all the way in the front, put them on the front seat, and remove the, the hoodie. Amen. I'm at church. Yeah, you should have got dressed when you had the opportunity. Praise God. Amen. Had to send the black van after you. Drive by evangelism. I think it's a new ministry we're going to start. It's called Drive by Evangelism. <laughs> Drive by evangelism. <laughs> Some of the basic questions to be able to get into spiritual life. Do you attend a church in the area? Are you church goer? Do you have a church? 
The most amazing thing, the majority of the people that call Life Family Church, church, aren't, aren't attending here. It's the most amazing thing. What church do you go to, Life Family Church? When was the last time you went? Well, it's been six months, praise God, but that's my pastor. That's my church. Oh, it just got really quiet. Just, how, many got really, really, how many people have you talked to? And you've asked them, do you go to church? Oh, yeah, what's the name of your church? So-and-so and so-and-so. And then if you ask, when was the last time you've been? Well, it's been about a year or so. But that's my church. Come on, anybody? anybody? Hello, come on, talk to me. Yes, no, anybody? You, you ever talk to somebody like that? No. Is it raining? Oh, good. All right, praise God. I got more time. Praise God, amen. <laughs> you certainly don't want to go out in the rain, praise God. Hey, Amen. Okay. Let it rain for the next five hours. All right. Praise God. <laughs> we'll have to order pizza. Praise God. And everybody have pizza for lunch. Look for Jen. Jen's like, yeah. That's the only thing I've ever heard of you. This whole sermon is, woohoo, pizza, Pastor. Pizza, I'm all for it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look for opportunities. To get into somebody's spiritual life. Where can you go? Here you go. Here, here's ministries for you. Hospitals. Have a hosp some, please somebody start a hospital ministry. How about this? Nursing home. Start a nursing home ministry. I'll let you do it. Just go do it. Amen. <laughs> Just follow the protocol. Oh, no. Not that again. Not a protocol. Many people will be very shocked when they get to heaven on how much protocol is in heaven. As a matter of fact, he told Moses, when you make the tabernacle, I want you to use this type of thread, this color thread. I want you to make it this dimension and that dimension. Do not deviate from the dimensions I'm giving you. And not only that, this garment must be worn, especially for the high priest going into the Holy of Holies. This incense must be burned. This is the way you make the bull sacrifice and the brazen altar. This is the way. And then you call for a work day in some places, and then everybody's like, okay, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want? So today's a work day. What do you want me to do? Well, let's just go have some more donuts for a while. Praise God. Amen. And then we'll figure out what needs to be done. No, no, no. Protocol. The reason, why, let, me th let me make this now. The reason why we have so much protocol in this place is because Pastor Marie and I, we, we traveled extensively for 15 to 16 years. We went to a lot of churches in the United States, and we've been in a lot of churches overseas. And what we did is we sat down with many of those pastors, and we asked them, what would you have done differently? And then we picked everything that we saw that we thought was excellent and then we applied it here. I'm sorry, there's just so much excellence around here. Please forgive us for having nice facility here. I just forgive, please forgive us for the bathrooms being very clean. I just want to ask for forgiveness. Of that. Please forgive me for the greeter at the front door one with a smile on their face. Please forgive, please forgive me that we have protocol legal protocol for all the children in the next building that's over across the way. Please forgive us for all that excellence. I just, my God, can there just be one service with chaos? One department that's totally chaotic. I'm, I'm sorry. I think God said in Acts chapter 6, choose ye out among you in seven individuals full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, Sounds like protocol to me. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, I'm trying to get here and trying to get there, but I just got too much protocol. What, 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 excuse faithfulness? I mean, really? Is that just too much to ask? I'm sorry, I, I, I can't work here. I have, you know, I have special needs. Right, the job opening is from Monday through Friday for eight hours. Oh, yeah, I might need occasional two hours off during midday. Could you, could you, could you make concessions for me, please? I just, I just have some needs. What would you be doing for those two hours? Going home and taking a nap. Oh, oh, oh no, sorry, I don't think we could use your services here. A lady asked Pastor Marie that when she was managing two salons. She's like, I'm here to apply for the job. Okay. She said, well, I just need some concessions. I need some great understanding. Well, what do you mean? Well, I might not come in tomorrow or the next day, but I'll definitely come in when I can. 
No, sorry, I don't think we could use your services here. <laughs> the messages are just too hard. Those are harsh people. They're just too harsh. They're just, the messages are just too hard. Well, at least I don't use this terminology. You brood of vipers. Dead men's sepulchers, full of dead men's bones. You swallow a camel and you choke on a gnat. And oh, by the way, get thee behind me, Satan. Did he just call me Satan? No, man, he didn't call me Satan. I just don't like that church. I don't like that pastor. What happened? He called me a brood of viper. It was a viper. He hurt my feelings. How did the pastor hurt you? He didn't say good morning to me. He just walked right past me. <laughs> it's gotten really, really quiet now. Get back to soul winning, pastor. We loved it. Hallelujah. Amen. Get back to the soul winning. Just don't know. Some Sunday nights. Too much joy on Sunday night around that place. Oh. People falling and rolling on the floor and just shaking and trembling and so I don't know about that. I don't know, I don't know about that filling service. Just, it's not really what he preaches, it's just the way he preaches it. It's not what he preaches. It's a good word. But how he delivers it. Just a little much for us. I want to see, I, I'm going to stand in heaven on the side, on the side. And I'm going to look at all the Christians. And when the joy hits and people fall out in the power of God, when God says, I am. He, that, that, that's the sermon, that's, just, that's the shortest sermon he's ever going to preach. He's going to get on the platform and go, I am! Boom! And a wave of the glory knocking everybody down. He just said, I am. Boom! And they're rolling and they're laughing and they're, and I was like, isn't that so-and-so that actually said it's not what he preaches, it's how he preaches it? Get him, God! Get him, get him, get him, get him. Get him, just get him, get him. Be so shocked in heaven. Oh, why do you do? Why why do you do what you do? I'm sorry, I can't help it. I'm not ever changing. I'm not ever leaving the word, and I'm never leaving the spirit of God. I'm never, 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 not gonna allow the spirit of God to do it. Never gonna not gonna allow the joy to come. Never, 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 never gonna stop encouraging people to win souls. I'm never gonna stop encouraging people to go to Bible college. I'm never gonna never 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 did I say never? I'm gonna say it one more time. I'm never, 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 never leaving it. Though no gun go with me, yet I will follow. No one goes with me, I'm going to follow. Amen. To the ends of the earth, to the new millennium, and in a thousand years, and in a thousand years, I'm going to stick with the word, Amen. and I'm going to stick with the spirit of God. All the, the table is spread. Healing bread, new wine, souls, missions. Really? You mean to tell me you give opportunity to minister, people to minister on the mission field? Yeah, let me give you the, this is the opportunity. You get to preach in churches, tell your testimony. You get to lay hands on the sick, see them recover. You get to cast out devils. You see the manifest on the ground. And then in the crusade grounds, we loose you into the crusade grounds. You're pulling people out of wheelchairs. Hello. Tumors are disappearing underneath your hand. But believers don't want that. Amen. Hello? Can't go wrong winning souls. Can't go wrong casting devils out of somebody. 
can't go wrong seeing a tumor disappear. Whether it's a human being or a dog, it doesn't matter. God said, I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. And when his spirit is poured out on you, you're totally whole. Nothing lacking, nothing broken. Hospitals, county fairs, state and county fairs, college campuses, nursing homes, beaches and parks. Oh, we ought to love that one. Praise God. Amen. What are you doing today? I'm going to beach ministry. Praise the Lord. Door-to-door knocking. You have to adapt the attitude that I want to help people. You want to help people. But here's the deal. You can't help people without giving them something to change. And when it comes to change, most people don't want to change, so they stay in the state that they're in. But you're trying to help them. And part of the help is bringing forth change. Somebody say change. change. Say it again. Change. Say, Lord, Lord change, change me. me. Right. Or change me. Change can be painful, but it's beneficial. And you start talking about change from the pulpit of America, a lot of people don't like it. They don't, what do you mean, change? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean I have to tithe? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean by that? There's no, no hidden meaning. <laughs> Just do it. Praise God. What do you mean I got to win souls? What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, you can't make me. You can't make me. No, can't make you. But don't get upset. You're struggling in your finances and you're struggling in your marriage and you're struggling and all that kind of stuff and you're looking for answers. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I go, God, I need an answer. Oh, God, oh, God, I need an answer. I need an answer. Well, here it is. <laughs> it's in the book. Praise God. Amen. This is your answer right here before any man. This right here is the answer. The answer right here. The way, the truth, the life. Amen. Amen. And this is what has to be done in these last days right here, right? This is the foundation. This is the foundation in which you launch your life on and you stand on. No matter how many, much the wind is blowing, no matter how much the waves are crashing, no matter what's going on, this right, all else is sinking sand. This is the solid rock on which we stand. Right here. And I've said this before. The moment we get off of this, please run. Because I've gotten into false doctrine and I've lost my ever-loving mind. Hello, if I ever get off of that and stay, get off the spirit, run, run, I encourage you, run. Come on, hello somebody. It's the word of God in which we stand upon. That sets men's people free. Pastor Marie and I, we're trying to help you in your finances to break you through. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help you break, break over, break through into something bigger, into something more. And let us help you. Just let, let us help you. you we, we didn't get to the place that we've gotten in overnight. So sometimes you've got to get a shovel and dig yourself out of the ditch. If you keep digging, hello, there's a way to be in a ditch with a shovel and get out. Well, how do you get out of a ditch with a shovel if you're in the ditch? <laughs> Scrape the sides. Praise God. Amen. Scrape the sides. Scrape the sides until you go up, 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 up. And then all of a sudden you'll be stepping right on out. But hello, you didn't fall into the ditch overnight. Because you probably took the same shovel and dug the ditch for you that you fell in. Oh, hallelujah. Please. This is a real hard one right here. This right here will stop anything and everything in your life. Like I said on Tuesday night about finances, if you don't tithe and give offerings, what I'm about to tell you won't amount matter a hill of beans. It just anything and everything over the next three to four or five weeks of teaching on, on Tuesday nights about biblical finances will not help you if you're not a tither and you don't give offerings. It's just that's just biblical foundation. Amen. This one thing will stop anybody and everybody. Right here, what I'm about to tell you. It'll, it'll stop up your finances. It'll stop up your relationships. It'll stop up anything and everything from receiving from Almighty God. One word that I'm about to tell you. And it's actually found in the Bible. Go to the book of Mark, chapter 6. 
You all doing all right? Okay, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 and verse number 3. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they were... They were offended. They were offended at the apostle. They were offended at the prophet. They were offended at the evangelist. They were offended at the pastor. They were offended at the teacher. When we attend church on a Sunday morning and we want to hear from God, the instrument that God will use will be the pastor or the apostle or the prophet or the evangelist. At any time we get offended, it cuts it off. It cuts the flow. Because the Bible said, He there could do no mighty work, laid His hands on a few sick people and healed them of minor diseases, minor ailments. Offended. People are eat up with cancer. They're eat up with sickness. They're eat up with disease because of offense. They're offended at the pastor. They're offended at somebody in the church. They're offended with their boss. They're offended. And the Bible says in the last days, many will be offended. Many. Let it not be named among us. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, if you, if you rebuke a wise man, he becomes wiser still. And so if I started out with Proverbs 11.30. says, he who wins souls is wise. Then that person, you're able to correct. You're able to even maybe not say something very nice, not meaningly out of the person's heart because it was misunderstood. Or you, we took it the wrong way and all that kind of stuff. And then Satan capitalized on it. And all of a sudden, the future in which God has for you has been now cut off. And that which you were called at the beginning... You didn't finish your qualification. If the Bible says many are called and few are chosen, watch this. How do you get chosen? You got to qualify. You got to qualify. You got to qualify for the chosen part. Many are called, few are chosen. Is it? Is it, I don't think God's like that. Uh, I'll pick you. Nah, nah. Oh, I'm working on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, God's not going, you, you're chosen, you're not. You're chosen, you're not. You're chosen, you're not. God's not doing that. <laughs> Many are called a few are chosen. How do you get chosen? Because especially if you feel the call. You have to qualify. You've got to qualify to be chosen. What are the requirements for the qualification? Look at 2 Timothy. It tells us, what a bishop should be qualified for and what a deacon's qualified for. Meet the qualifications of the deacon. That's where you start. Because okay. if he tells you many are chosen, I mean, many are called, few are chosen, then how do I get chosen? Pick me, pick me, I want to be chosen. And he's going to qualify. How do I qualify? Read 2 Timothy. Yeah. That actually came to me. Because I started meditating on that. How do I, I feel called to the ministry. I feel called to do something for God. Okay, if many are called, few are chosen. How do I get chosen? Fit the qualifications of 2 Timothy. You've got to start out as a deacon. You go from a congregation member into the ministry of service. Be faithful with, <laughs> be faithful with the ministry of service. And all of a sudden, when God needs you to do something greater, <laughs> there you go, you're equipped, you're equipped, you're equipped. But people want to be chosen, but they don't want to qualify. They want to go around. Can I just get around all of that? You know that's the Holy Ghost. You know it is. Because many are called. Few are chosen. And if you want to be chosen, then you've got to qualify. How do you qualify? Read. Second Timothy, it tells you the responsibilities of a deacon and it tells you the responsibilities of a pastor or a minister. And meet those. Start meeting those. But because of humanity, many won't. 
And then all of a sudden they end up on a spiritual junk heap or they end up not even in ministry today. It's really sad. But it doesn't mean they weren't called. I don't know why I got following this, but it was good. Anyway, I guess it's raining outside. I don't want you to get wet. Praise God. Amen. No, but it's true because people are asking the question. People feel the call to ministry, but then they don't know how to get there. They don't know how to do it. Me, on the other hand, I've stuck my own head in the grinder, meat grinder, and cranked the sucker. Nobody else was cranking it. I was cranking it. Because you, you got this burning desire on the inside to be somewhere. And you feel like you're not getting there and you don't know why you're not getting there. And then all of a sudden Satan will come sit on your shoulder and tell you, ah, you're not worth it. You're not good enough. You're this. Look at your past. How come you're not doing this? How come you're not doing that? Oh, man, I'm preaching good right now. Praise God. Amen. How come you're not? Hello? Why aren't, why aren't I there? I felt this call on my life. Why aren't I there? Got to qualify. Got to qualify. And that may take time. My God, you have forever. There's still a thousand-year millennial reign that will be on this earth ministering to the people that have made it through the seven-year tribulation period. I've always wondered, why can I stand on a platform and minister to a seven-year-old and say, the nations are waiting for you. You'll win many souls. You'll win many young people. And if the rapture happens tomorrow and then the seven-year tribulation period, well, my God, I realize we got a thousand-year millennial reign after the seven-year period. What's seven years on the earth compared to a thousand years? And people ministering during that time. Because I mean, we think on our mind, I gotta have it now, I gotta be now, I gotta do it, I gotta do it now, I gotta do it now, I gotta do it now, I gotta do it now. Gotta do it now. Qualify. And then leave it up to God. Because guess what? No man, no woman can ever stop the plan of God for your life. Doesn't matter who it is. They will never be able to stop the plan of God for your life. You stick with the plan. You keep on going. Come hell, come high water, no matter what the storms are. You just stay on that path. Qualify. Get equipped. Be prepared. Meet fit for the master's use. And then when he tells you, boom. And no man can stop it. No matter how mean or cruel or whatever. Hello? I'll share one more story and then I'll close. Because the rain stopped. Amen. One more story. Ever heard of Overland Missions? Anybody ever heard of Overland Missions? You know, it was started by a 21-year-old. 20-year-old young man had this passion to take people, take teams to the mission field. But one thing he was lacking, a pastor. And he knew he needed to submit to a pastor. So he found a church, started attending to this church, was there about three, four, five weeks or so. And he knew, and he, he, I mean, he had vans. This guy had vans. He had an office. He was taking missions teams during the summer. And he was, I mean, he was doing very, very well with it. So all of a sudden, he went to the pastor and he said, hey, listen, I'm so-and-so and so-and-so. I've started a ministry called Overland Missions, but I've realized I don't have a pastor. I want to submit my life and submit my ministry to you, pastor. The pastor said, fine. Within a period of three weeks, that pastor totally dismantled that young man's ministry. He sold all the vans. He told him to sell all the vans, get rid of your office, get rid of everything. And he said, I want you just to come and serve me. So this young man got all upset about that. Went to one of his friends and said, Yeah, I cannot believe what this pastor just told me. What did he tell you? He told me to get rid of all my vans. He told me to sell my office, sell everything, and then just come and, 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 and serve him. The young man said to the other man, Well, then you better do it. Well, what do you mean? He said, Did you not tell that pastor that you would totally submit to whatever he wanted you to do? He said, Yeah. He said, Then you better keep your word. So we went back to that pastor in about two or three years. And in about two or three years, that pastor, who was a very controlling, manipulative individual, kind of like it changed. He kind of got out of the ministry or something like that. And all of a sudden, this young man, now Overland Missions, is one of the number one missions organization in the world. Because he submitted. Why would God have him do that? Because he want, God wanted to know that if he asked him of a hard thing, would he submit? Especially of something that he didn't want to do. Right. you got to qualify to be chosen. People don't understand that. And they end up way in left field. We've been doing this for 23 years. I can actually, at least we know 23 years. 
And in 23 years, we've seen so many people with so much potential. How many business people have you seen with such potential, but they didn't finish the course? They didn't run the race. One more thought and then I'll let you go. Praise God. Amen. Some of you are right up to the door. You're right up to the door for a greater future. You're right up to the door for the next phase of your life. You're right up to the door. You're right at the threshold. And what will determine that is if you're going to stay there however long God wants you to stay there before the door opens. And when the door opens, it'll be right. But if you kick the door in, it may be a cavern instead of a meadow. Because maybe God had to fill the cavern and turn it into a meadow before the door opened. Can you say amen? All right, come on, stand to your feet if you would. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week, and remember, the best is yet to come.